Outlet Liquor is your place to buy a case. Stock up and save when you shop the lowest prices available every day at Outlet Liquor. You never have to wait for a sale. The more you buy, the more you save. Only at Outlet Liquor. What's your outlet? You don't stop, you don't stop, you don't stop. You don't stop. Follow me into the great unknown Where pink flamingos grow Diet soda flows and what you take Magically regenerates On supermarket shelves The ovens clean themselves You don't pay the tab till the last drop So we all ride for nothing Cause this train never stops Folks, train wreck tonight, 220. I have no idea why every single time we are going live, Wi-Fi spectrum has to go down. It's laughable at this point. I'm bitching at Maniac in this side chat right now. We got a big show for you guys tonight. Like I said, episode 220, sponsored by Outlet Liquor, Picasso's Pizza. It's a Buffalo Sabres game night. We're undefeated and home dogs tonight. We're going to be talking about UB football. Bills football last night. Rock room was off. The, it's absolutely off the chain. And I'm still sick today thinking about what happened yesterday. But you know what? And we also have a very special guest. Here comes Maniac. But Maniac, who do we have on the show tonight? We have Mr. Exclusive. We were hoping we'd get him for Mr. Exclusive Victory Tuesday. I mean, that would have been the rarest of the rare. But instead, it's just another Tuesday. But it's not just another guest. We got him. Bruce exclusive. Mr. Bruce Nolan, welcome to Trainwreck tonight. Pleasure to have you, sir. It's a pleasure to be here. You know, I just want to be part of something that really never stops. You know, that's what I really want to be. I want to be part of something that perpetuates, that keeps going, that is really, you know, momentum. It just kind of works. It just kind of works. I, I'm just happy to be here, guys. Awesome. We're excited. We're glad to have you on the show tonight, Bruce. And, uh, yeah, let's jump right into it, obviously. We were at Rec Room last night, Bills-Titans, Monday Night Football, another primetime game, and the Bills fall. And, I, like I said, I, I'm still hurt. It was a very, very tough loss. And this, this game, it, it reminded me of week one where, going into it, the entire city of Buffalo felt like we were going to win that game by two touchdowns. Everybody. I mean, and six-point favorites. Yeah, six-point favorites on the road. And it's just like, it just, oh, it just frustrates me so much. You know, it was, it's like, you look into it now today, and the Titans look great. It's a very, very tough matchup. 
for the Bills, the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest difference between a drought loss and this is that, well, you know, like what he had last year with the Cardinals, I mean, it stings and it hurts. And yeah, it's gut-wrenching, it breaks your heart. Yep. But you just know and you get the feeling they're going to grow from it. I don't mean to, you know, be putting positives on it already because it was a very entertaining game. I think if you were a impartial viewer last night, you got an A-plus Monday Night Football game. But Bruce, I'm curious from your perspective because people really – I don't want to say flock to you, but they really are. They love your opinion. So I want to know your knee-jerk opinion when the clock hit zero last night and maybe you, the fallout that you've seen this morning. What are your biggest takeaways as far as those go? I think my biggest takeaway is that the Bills' defensive line has been something that the Bills have been tinkering with for a couple of years now. This is not the first offseason, this past offseason, where the Bills have done you know, a significant overhaul of the defensive line. They did it in 2019 to 2022, where they brought in Vernon Butler. They drafted A.J. Epinesa. They brought in Quentin Jefferson. It didn't go the way that they were hoping. You know, it, it went. They saw it going differently in their head. And so they said, you know what? Defensive line, regroup, part two. And that's what... We saw this year, we saw the drafting of Boogie Basham. We saw the drafting of Groot. We saw, okay, we're going to restructure Vernon Butler. We are going to cut Quentin Jefferson. We're going to have Harrison Phillips come back from injury. We're going to bring Starla Tulele back after being an opt-out last year. So it's the second year in a row where the Bills have had significant defensive line turnover. And after the first couple of games... There were some murmurings that maybe, hey, are we seeing the second coming of the cold front? And let's be honest, we all kind of overreacted to that. I thought now, we were seeing 2019 plus for sure, right out the gate. Now you have AJ Epinesa as a healthy scratch and your defensive line did not perform up to snuff. No. Ryan Tannehill had been sacked 20 times going into that game. The Buffalo Bills barely sniffed him all night long. And when you're not getting pressure on the passer and your entire defensive game plan is built around the fact that you are going to bite downhill very, very hard against Jarek Henry. I mean, watch the linebackers on play action. They really crashed downhill. That leaves tons of intermediate space open for A.J. Brown, who basically loves in cutting routes the way I love my mother. It's just something that he just comes back to all the time. It feels like warm and fuzzy, like, like a home for him. Like you just you come home, you kick off your shoes, you turn on the fire or you light it, whatever your, you know, whatever your lovely enjoyment might be, but you feel warm and fuzzy inside. That's the way AJ Brown feels about in-breaking routes. And we're just giving him yeah. tons of space to operate because the defensive line was a fairly significant amount of disappointment. Also, for the first time all year, Gregory Rousseau looked like a rookie. He looked like a rookie. And that's okay. But it was just a particularly bad time for him to look like a rookie. So my big takeaway was the Bills defensive line, not quite as advertised in the second consecutive year of rebuilding it. Yeah. And and I, my, my biggest take and fallout from this is for preseason, what did you guys think the Bills were going to go for six games? I mean, were you pretty much saying split KC and Tennessee, right? I think preseason, if you get told four and two, you're probably taking, you probably wanted five and one, but yeah, four and two, you're probably taking, but it's just the way that it happened, plain and simple. That's pissing everybody off because obviously if you, if you were thinking about it in that regard, you probably would have factored in Kansas city 
as one of those losses. Instead, they get that big win, and all you need is to get a W on at Tennessee Revenge Part 2 last night. <clears throat> and the most upsetting part of it is it feels like they executed out the gate. Uh, they held Tennessee for the first quarter. Um, they had a couple of drives. Just re-watching the highlights this morning, I don't you know, know much about film. I'm not a cover one guy, but plain and simple, it looked like early – and maybe this has happened in a couple times here. You, uh, you mentioned the week one game. There's a lot of similarities. Again, six-point favorite facing a pretty yep. good defense that could drop in coverage. Um, the thing that I saw, uh, what was I going to say, uh, is that they squandered an opportunity in the first half to kind of go up early and go up like a score or two. Yeah. Instead, they're up 6 nothing. Derrick Henry busts that run and all momentum, all the work that you put in for that first 18 and a half, 19 minutes, which, you know, you had a good game plan was kind of squandered, Bruce. It didn't feel like the wind was out of their sails because McDermott teams are above that. But that might be the difference down a stretch run or even in the playoffs or even especially in a conference championship or a Super Bowl. If you get a jump on a team for the first 15, 20 minutes, it can only be a one-score game. It's a scenario where you're always one play away from having that I don't say wind out of your sails. Like you said, I don't think McDermott teams are focused on that, but you are one play away from really, really, we did all that. They got one play and now we're losing. Like, is that how this is going to go down tonight? Is that how this is going to happen? It's a little bit like, okay, so my, my wife and I had probably the worst first date of any couple I think I've ever met. It was, it was horrendous. It was the worst first date ever. And we went through that and I was like, okay, I, I my morbid curiosity, I, you got to go back for a second. You, you have to go back for a second date because the first date was so mind bogglingly bad that at this point I need to know, is, is it me? Is it her? Is it both of us? Is it, how bad could it be? So you go back for a second one and you're like, okay, no, it, it's just as bad. And you go off for these dates and then you're done with them. And you think to yourself, I am one date away. I am one date away from being at third date and thinking to myself, really? Really? I had two terrible dates and now one great date. And I just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm right back ahead of the game. And so we went on our, on our third date and it was fantastic. And we were winning. I was the Titans in this case, two terrible dates. Third date was fantastic. We got married four months later. That's what happened with the Titans. That's what happened with the Titans. Two kicked field goals with the Buffalo yep. Bills, and then bam, Derrick Henry, and all of a sudden they're off to get they're off to the races again. It just it feels inequitable. It feels unfair. It feels it feels like you invested all of this time and all this extra, and you move the ball, and then they break a big run, and it doesn't matter. And that's one yep. of the joys of football. We just hate to be on the other side of it. The joys of football are it's such a game of toxicity where one turnover, one big play can change the game. We love it as long as it doesn't happen to us. And this is the scenario where it, it happened to us. So, Bruce, real quick, do you have a short story? What happened on that first date? So, my wife is has horrible amounts of shyness when it comes to meeting new people. Okay. She basically didn't say a word the entire date. Like, I was trying to fill, like, dead air the mm -hmm. entire time. Oh, she, yeah. she said almost nothing to me the entire first date. It was a, I was a blind date. I was set up on it by somebody else. When I okay. got done, I called the person who set us up on the date and said, what the heck are you doing? To me? <laughs> what are you, what, what kind of person do you think I am? You said she was delightful. <laughs> now, it, now in my eyes, this is kind of like, 
and, and I'm going to make a direct correlation. You know, the Titans allow a very long drive by the Bills on the on the on their first drive. They get into the red zone, but ultimately can't get it done inside the ten yard line. That was kind of you and your wife surviving that first date. The fact that you persevered through that first Absolutely. date, and you didn't come down seven nothing. You're only down three nothing. Yep. That was that was that was a swing. That was a positive swing for this relationship. Absolutely, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And now, of course, I, I've I've lost the ability to ever be able to judge anyone else and say you're moving too fast in a relationship. I can't do that. (laughs) that. For the rest of my life, I will be intellectually dishonest if I ever say that to anybody ever. So that's kind of the downside. Well, what do we say here, Al? Courtesy of our good friend, Joe Licata, shoot to get hot, shoot to stay hot. Clearly, once you stay, once you got hot in that relationship, there was just no changing it. But hey, speaking of relationships that, you know, well, actually relationships that didn't start out great, but got better. Josh Allen to Dawson Knox, stat-wise, obviously, in 2021, he has been a beast. Last night, we saw the two-point conversion with the wobbly duck, and obviously, we found out today, you know, going with the theme of fallout here, broken bone in the hand. So, obviously, pretty good plan from Dable last night um, that we saw, but curious to get your thoughts, Bruce, before we go into all the other uh, little fallouts from last night. Who do you maybe see, and again, they're going to have a full bye week to kind of practice, but... Dawson Knox is a key part of this 2021 offense so far. Uh, who do you see jumping in, or do you see it may, maybe being a combination of the three-headed monster of Manny Sands, Bees, and Diggs? I think the main beneficiary of that is going to be Gabriel Davis. and I Because I do think that when your choices, when deciding between 11 and 10 personnel, when your choices are Dawson Knox or Gabriel Davis – that's a pretty tough call. And Dawson Knox has been really good. You can do certain things as a blocker with Dawson Knox. Obviously, you can't do with Gabriel Davis. When those choices become Tommy Sweeney or Gabriel oh. Davis, that changes the balance a little bit because a lot of personnel groupings is simply understanding that my tight end versus my wide receiver versus versus their linebacker and their nickel corner. So it's about matchups, okay? So if I take Dawson Knox and I put him on there, And now it's Dawson Knox and a linebacker. Okay, how do I feel about that value? Okay, now I take that off the plate. Now I put Gabriel Davis on there. Their linebacker goes off. They go into dime and they bring in another corner. Or they bring a safety down. Okay, now how do I feel about that? So it's two competing combos. Knox and their defender versus versus Gabriel Davis and the defender that would then replace the defender for their team who was on the board when Knox came out. So... Those balances, the chess match, is really a lot easier when it's Dawson Knox. When it's Tommy Sweeney, I think it's a little bit more slanted toward Gabriel Davis. So what I would expect is now that the Bills have had a significant amount of distance between the Steelers game, where they went a lot of 10 personnel and it didn't go overly well for them, I think that there's a possibility you might see them come out of the bye now that they have a chance to work on it. Go back to that Steelers film. Say, okay, why didn't that 10 personnel work for us? And I think, just spoiler, I think the answer was they went empty a lot against the Steelers, and it, it wasn't really great. But if you go 10, but you keep a back in, I think it would go it would go a lot better, especially if it's Zach Moss because of his past protection abilities. So I think if you go 10 personnel, but you keep Zach Moss, that potentially could benefit Gabriel Davis. And I think he's going to be the main beneficiary of the potential lack of Dawson Knox. And just for the, just for the people that don't understand what you were talking about there, um, were they using Devin Singletary too much in that combination in week one? Were they not using a running back at all? Well, Zach Moss was inactive 
We oh yeah, well yeah. Well, so no, the, oh, yeah, the, really. the drawback that you get from going 10 personnel and going empty, right? You don't have the you don't have the ability to have a back in there for protection. And you have one of the better pass protecting backs in the league in Zach Moss, who you didn't have the ability to do. It was kind of a weird thing because I'm like, okay, you're gonna go 10 a lot, you're gonna go empty a lot, but your offensive line is getting torched, but you have a back who's good in pass protection. It was it was weird. It was just a weird. They tried something different. It didn't work. But I think you can modify it. Go back to the drawing board. Modify it now out of necessity because necessity, of course, is the mother of invention. And now that you don't have the access to Dawson Knox, that 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 variable changes a little bit. So I I think Gabriel Davis is the key there, and I think that he could be the key if you keep Zach Moss in a block. Okay. And I got to ask both of you guys real quick about Tennessee and, and, and the future. Because we're going to be talking big picture fall still. But do you guys want to see Tennessee in the playoffs? Or is that a team you want to stay away from? I mean, you're talking about the Henry 76-yard run, the 11-yard drive after the Allen pick. You know, you did very well in time of possession, 12 more first downs. It's like, I almost, I want to play them again. I want to beat them. I mean, you, you, you know, these two teams hate each other. But I, I agree over the last two years, especially with how they handled the game last year and the scheduling 2019 was a classic game. 2018 was uh, one of uh, Josh Allen's second win, I believe as a starter came against the Titans. So there's been some quick history uh, between these groups. Al, I totally understand what you're saying, but here's my perspective on it. I don't want to play the Titans if we don't need to. They've no. beaten us twice in the last two years, and they've done it pretty similarly with how they've executed, I feel like. I mean, it hasn't been anything outside the box. It feels like it hasn't been fluky. It feels like they kind of have our number. And again, I was so this is my position on it, is that I do not fear the Titans. I will go in with the confidence that we will beat them, but perspective, and I'm looking across like, you know, right now, the odds to win the AFC, the Titans aren't even in the top four. So I think that's yep. pretty telling even after last night. But I look at that top four, you know, Ooh. I would rather play the the Browns than the Ooh. Titans right now. Who um, is the fourth uh, best odds? The the top four odds right now in the AFC uh, via our friends at Seneca Buffalo Creek. Uh, Bills still run at plus 250. The Chiefs are at plus 350. Ravens plus 450. And Browns plus uh, 1,000. Now, there's a little controversy there. People talking about a lot of money coming in on Buffalo and thus they get a little juice down. I don't know if they're going off a national system. I believe they do, Al, but there's a little controversy there with the fact that they obviously, but Seneca Buffalo Creek is getting trafficked mainly by Bills fans. But again, you see them maintain basically a favorite. Those teams scare me not as, those teams don't scare me more than the Titans. That's what I'm saying, I guess, is my takeaway. Uh, I'm not sure what, Bru what Brucey's thinking. I have no interest in seeing the Titans in the playoffs, mostly because I don't like the Titans. They make me feel anger in my general soul area. Yeah, yeah. And as a, as a very proud member of the Android race, I don't like to feel human emotions. And so for me, I have no interest in seeing the Titans in the playoffs. In addition, it's just not a fun game. It's not fun to watch Derrick Henry get slammed against your defense you know, 25 times and eventually he breaks 60 yard touchdown. It's just, it's not something I enjoy. Now I will say that the AFC is tough in general. There's a lot of teams I don't really like to face the bills barely squeaked by the Colts last year in the yeah. playoffs. So there are no good matchups in the playoffs. If they made the playoffs, they're a good team. Now, stylistically, there are less beneficial and more beneficials, but I, I'm, I have no interest in seeing them again, aside from 
just being able to get the win. If you told me there's a high probability you'll get the win, then okay, yeah, I'll do it because I don't like the Titans. I don't like their fans. And I just, there's a lot of things I don't like. But for me, I, I would probably rather see, you know, the Bengals or the Steelers or the Colts or somebody like that mm-hmm. than I would rather see the Titans. Yeah, and Loki, Tannehill is a firecracker. You never know when he's going to go off. Julio can have a fluke game. I mean, it goes from Julio, you know, he's always got his quad, his hamstring, something's always there. But if he gets healthy for a week, that's the guy who can put up 150, 200 yards on his own. And yeah. I don't think, I look at the other teams, I just don't think they have receivers either, besides Tyreek Hill. And I'm looking ahead here. Obviously, the big picture right now. Time to look ahead. For all Bills fans is the one seed. That is what you're that is literally our primary focus. We know we're gonna win the division. It's a joke. And we have the easiest remaining schedule in the NFL. How do you get up for some of these games? I'm just saying, like, you go back to back, you go KC and Tennessee. Unbelievable games, prime time. Even as a fan, I mean, how do you get that excited for Miami, Jacksonville, and the Jets? Like, I mean, I know we're not used to this as Bills fans. You know, you used to see the Patriots over the past 20 years. Like, their season gets started in the playoffs. Yeah. And I'm not trying to, like, you know, I'm not trying to get too cocky here as a Bills fan. Yeah. Literally, these next three games, like, what's a prop bet that potentially Trubisky plays in all three of those games? That would be great. That would be great. But, but I mean, that would be a great thing. And you're asking how you get up for it. Let me tell you right something right now, Al. I'm going to speak emotionally, and then Bruce will speak intelligently. But it is about turning that pain into growth. And what was, besides this loss to the Titans, I mean, week one was okay, but we bounced back with a huge shot out of Miami. What was the most recent pain? The loss in the AFC Championship to Kansas City. And what was the biggest takeaway from Allen after that game? It was, I mean, it was that he didn't play his best, and it was that they could execute better. But they realized how important it was to have that game be in Western New York, have that game be in yeah. Orchard Park. So you're asking how they're going to get up for that game. Every single game contributes to that, especially yeah. now that you lost that Tennessee game. I mean, unfortunately, that would have been a big game in the P- in the overall landscape. But now you, you have to go 3-0 and in this next stretch for sure. Yeah, and I was looking at that Ravens schedule up ahead. I mean, it's not that difficult. It's not. I mean, I, as a Bills fan now, you got to be looking at other team schedules, who they got. They do have a, a week where I think the Browns play the, the Ravens twice in a row. I think it's Ravens by week, then Ravens again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the Ravens-Browns AFC odds, Al, are getting like avalanche golden knighted right now because they're in the same division for sure. Yeah, yeah. I I have so many Browns futures that I don't want. I don't oh, want I'm mad at you. Not good, not good. But Bruce, your thoughts on that? For me, it's a supply and demand issue. I'm always going to get excited for the Bills regardless of who they're playing just because there's so little of it. Um, I, I follow, you guys follow a lot of different sports. And you're always up for hockey and always up for your baseball when the Toronto Blue Jays were in Buffalo and all. I don't know anything about hockey. I don't know anything about baseball. I don't watch them. I I watch football and fighting. That's it. That's all I got. Boxing or or UFC or both? MMA. Okay. So that's it. That's all I know anything about. Those are the only things. I don't know anything about anything else. Literally, I, I was watching uh, uh, a hockey game for the first time a couple years ago in a, for what seemed like forever. And I had to get reminded from the guy next to me. I said, um, what's icing? And so he was oh, trying to no. explain to me what icing it is. I'm like, yeah, I can't, I can't do it. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm done. 
So I, I, I can't, I keep trying every couple of years. I'll be like, no, this is the year. This is the year where I'm going to become a Buffalo Sabres fan or a Columbus Blue Jackets fan or a Pittsburgh Penguins fan or something, right? I'm going to pick a team. I'm going to follow that team. And it just never happens. So for me, yeah. it's supply and demand issue. I will never struggle to get excited for a Bills game because there's just there's not that many sporting events over the course of the year where I get excited because when the Bills are not playing anymore, the regular season's over, then I'm already you know two-thirds of the way into NFL draft and college football stuff, right? Yeah. And then I'm done with yeah. that. I, you know, I've got that. I already worked on free agency stuff. Yeah. And then it, it, it just, football is 365 for me. So when the games are playing, I'm excited regardless of who they're playing. Hey, okay. and that's it. Real quick, though, before we go on now, that's a great segue to uh, this one point. Broussard today talking about the game and how Taylor Luan being out for the Bills resulted in them not getting a push. I mean, you want to talk about not knowing what you're talking about. Can you believe someone getting paid tens of thousands of dollars on a network like FS1? I mean, I hate to say a once proud network. I feel like their demand for you know quality has gone down a little bit over the years as much as that's for pop, but I mean, Bruce, just your thought on being like a content, like, I mean, you're a content creator. You're a guy, you're, you're doing your food with Gary. You're not letting him steal the spotlight there. Your thoughts on these guys having the spotlight relatively. And I mean, they don't even know what they're talking about, but go in full throttle. It's unbelievable. I think it's very, 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 very difficult what the networks are asking their people to do. They're asking them to be subject matter experts on five sports at the same time and each one of the teams associated with those sports. It's just, it's its a completely unreasonable ask of the networks. Now, we have a tendency to kind of jump on the person who's making the statements a lot of times. Well, he should know this, he should know. And I agree, they should know this. But the networks don't want to pony up for more people. Instead, they'd rather pay fewer people who are louder instead of more people who are more intelligent more people who are more well-informed, more people who are more reasonable because reasonable doesn't sell anything. And that's, that's okay. Yelling loudly sells things. And I don't think any sort of basic knowledge is necessary to yell. In fact, you probably get more clicks if you don't know. Just yell louder. I mean, that's really what we're at as a society anyway, right? Just yell louder. That's all you got to do. Just yell louder. I'll yell louder than you. I will out yell you on the interwebs. And I'll call you names and hit emojis that make you look like a clown. That's what I'll do. I'll say things like rent free and that will make it, you know, I'll, sh I'll show you, I know what I'm, I'm doing. And that's where we're at. So it, it's a reflection of us. And we, as the consumer, we allow this because we listen to it and we consume it. They're responding to us. Don't blame them. Blame the people who are listening to that. Blame the people who are watching that because they're responding to the market. That's the joy of capitalism is they'll respond to the market. If the market keeps consuming it, they'll keep doing it. And so if you keep yelling and clicking and watching, then they will keep yelling and providing because that's what they're going to do. So the networks are really at fault for this because the networks have decided that this is the best avenue to generate revenue because that's all they care about. All they care about is revenue. They don't care about intellectually honesty. They just want to generate revenue. And so the best way to do that is to get fewer people to yell louder, not more people who can take the time to be more informed. 
I mean, man, it just that, got a little real right there. That was, I was literally that could not be more spot on. I mean, you have, that, was, that was unbelievable. You, you, you have you have Nick Wright next. Who? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what what do us Bills fans do? We continue to click. We continue to view. We continue to comment. Which builds their revenue, and like they don't. I mean, yeah, those networks don't give a shit. Oh, Nick like, Wright knows when he drops yeah. a, bill, a Bills talk, he's gonna get 500k yeah. views just because Bills yep. drop. And, and Bruce said it perfectly. The best thing we can do is just ignore him, give him no views, give him no, give him no nonsense, and they're not gonna get pushed. But the last thing I just wanted yep. to get on this point before we do look ahead, and we do get uh, pumped about what we do have to look ahead for the haters, Bruce. You dropped that tweet. What was it about the the defense having an opportunity last night? I'm trying to remember. Like, what'd you say? Or the defense didn't get it done. The off. Let's see if the offense can well, fill fill me in. What what am I missing? Or what, what was it? What I said was the allegedly elite defense. The alleged yeah. elite defense had a chance and they couldn't pull it off. Let's see if the MVP caliber quarterback can do it. And, and they you were got a lot of, of hate. I did. I did get a lot of hate, and that's okay. I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, one of the things that's really important to me, intellectual honesty has really been really, really, really important to me because it's something that you don't see enough of. And I promised myself I wasn't going to be that type of person. Uh, just not just from a content creator standpoint, just from a human being standpoint, whether it's a boss that I've had or employees I've had or coworkers I've had or any of that stuff, intellectual honesty is really important to me. And so it's important to me here. So one of the things that I promised myself that I was never going to do is I was never going to be a slave to the mob. I was never going to be enslaved by the mob mentality. And that's when you're positive and the mobs decided that they're negative, they hate you. If you're negative and the mobs decided that they're positive, then they hate you there too. I'll never forget one time the last year, the bills were playing the jets and it was kind of a, you know, a little bit of a disappointing start to the game, but Ed Oliver and AJ Epinesa made plays back to back. And I actually tweeted out, I said, hey, you know, it's good to see young players make plays in close games that are good like that. And every single response that was, what the heck are you talking about? Shut up, Bruce. We're losing. This is stupid. What are you, you talking? Like, the mob has decided in that moment that your positivity is not allowed. Or the mob has decided that your negativity is not allowed. The mob has decided they don't want to hear what you have to say. And I don't care. That's the joy. The joy is I don't care. So I make no apologies because one of the narratives that was really popular coming into the Bills Chiefs game was, was the Bills defense good or was the offenses that were the offenses they were playing against bad? That was a legitimate narrative. And it was, it was. oh, I don't know. Let's see how they do against the Chiefs. And then they did pretty well against the Chiefs. They, were sort of, they just crowned them. Okay, now they're elite. Well, the Bills have actually had two games against reasonable offenses. One they played really well and one they played badly. So is, is it disrespectful for me to say allegedly elite? Do we know for sure that the Bills defense is elite? What if they're just above average? I'm just such a hater. I call them hey. above average instead of elite. How dare I? And, you know, Josh Allen saying a week ago, they don't, they don't hand out Lombardis in October or whatever. So, I mean, it's basically, you know, you're preaching to exactly what the leader of this team is saying. It's very interesting. I think for 120 hours a week, Bill's Mafia loves logic and Bill's Mafia loves understanding more about the game and hearing logical discussion. But for the 24 hours before the game and for the 24 hours after, it's just absolute absurd mania. No, no logic, no reason, just whatever's going on, full throttle. I'd agree with that. I'd absolutely agree with that. I think there's plenty of people who simply, they don't 
like it. They, 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 they want to lash out. They want to feel what they want to feel. And here's the thing. I'm not telling you not to feel those things. <laughs> no one's, I'm not telling you what to feel. I have, I have no way. And I would never be so arrogant as to come into your home and tell you how you're supposed to react, but you can't force me to be enslaved by your emotion. You can't make me feel what you're feeling. They, they, you feel unstable. You kind of want to lash out and you don't get to make me feel those things. And that's what is, you know, it's kind of like misery loves company, right? But it's really not in misery. It's emotion loves company, not just misery. All emotion loves company. If you're happy, you want to be around other people who are happy. And if you're miserable, you want to be around other people who are miserable. Emotion likes homogeny. And for me, sometimes I don't fit in to that emotional homogeny and people don't like that sometimes and other people do. And that's okay. That's fine. But you just, you can't make me feel the things that you're feeling. You can't. 2021. That's what you, people think they can do. <laughs> you can't control my emotions on the internet, regardless of what Netflix or any corporation is trying to tell you. Well, I'll tell you what, gents, obviously we talked a lot about the bills game last week. One thing to look forward to obviously is that they're coming out of the bye against Josh Allen's, adopted children the miami dolphins so very exciting to see that i know we'll have a lot to look forward to halloween day in orchard park it's gonna be insane a lot to look forward to and speaking of a lot to look forward to if you're looking forward to bill's action then don't look don't wait till halloween make sure you get to the batavia down sports collectors expo it's the sports collectors expo october 29th and 30th only at batavia downs gaming autograph guests include current buffalo football players i mean i know these Market values are out the wazoo. Jordan Poyer, Greg Russo, Micah Hyde, great, uh, you know, great couple of interceptions in back-to-back weeks. Micah Hyde two weeks ago, Poyer last night. You got Devin Singletary and Boogie Basham. And then you got the Bills legends. Jim Kelly, Thurman Thomas, and Andre Reed will also be there. Other athletes, Andre Risen, Paul Molitor, The Hit Machine, and many more. Full list of guests and details and stars, Batavia Downs Gaming. Located just off the throughway, exit 48 in Batavia. So a lot to look forward to with that show. I know our train wreck crew is looking forward to being there, uh, maybe getting some interviews with some fans. Obviously, COVID has, you know, made things a little different, unfortunately. When we were there two years ago, we were getting table interviews with everybody. Uh, it was awesome to see. So looking forward to that event, just like we are looking forward to Bill's Dolphins at the end of the month. That'll be all. That'll all be in one weekend, Al. That'll be crazy. Oh, Halloween weekend. I know, Bruce, you got to be fired up. Halloween weekend, UFC, 11 a.m. on a Saturday. Love it. Absolutely love it. We're going to bust out multi-TVs in the living room, make that happen oh. with college football. It's going to be amazing. Oh, yeah. I, I, I haven't seen you post your setup. I'm sorry. I don't want to jump. But uh, what's it, what, do, what do you max out at, Bruce, TV-wise? TV so historically, it, I've been a three T. We used to have a, a kind of a den room in the house where we had three televisions. We had one main one and then two that were catty corners we are still trying to work our way back up to that now the most i can go right now is two and i can do two plus something on my phone okay that's solid that's really all you need for a for a base level that's what i'm rocking in my living room right now i got one on each side and then yeah go with the laptop or the phone if you need something ub football maybe al uh with a with a big week win this weekend kind of kind of kept the max season alive right you hate to say it. Yeah, that win literally. You got to be realistic. You got to be realistic. Yeah. No, that win kept them relevant for another week this year. Because if you lose that one 
at home as seven and a half point favorites, it's over. Yeah, it's done. And, and early on, it was looking terrible. I mean, they were down. Oh I want to say twenty-one nothing in the first yep. quarter. Yeah, not exactly yep. what you want to see when you come out to UB Stadium. I mean, again, it was a great, it was a great result. You go to that game, you're bragging about it. Yeah, UB was down twenty-one nothing. I stayed, and they won 27-26. But uh, yeah, it's tough to be a fan and see your team go down three scores in the first quarter, especially on a ninety-nine-yard touchdown. I mean, maybe I can hate to say it. Well, yeah, that one made Sports Center. Um, it was everywhere. Longest touchdown run by a quarterback in what college football history. I know um, it's like it's it, it, and and of course now can can Bruce uh th- this is kind of an easy trivia question but what what Bills combo had a 99 yard touchdown in uh recent history Ryan Fitzpatrick and Taylor Owens of course against our favorite Duval Jacksonville oh. Jaguars but um yeah they stay alive um Bruce any any UB interest from you you get sucked into that at all kind of be in the network I know you say you stay in your own lane not not a lot um I'm familiar with them but I'm not I'm not familiar with them more so than any other Mac team. I don't follow okay. UB more because they're from Buffalo because I don't have any particular familial or emotional bonds to the city of Buffalo. I don't know if we talked about this before, but you know the way I became a Buffalo Bills fan, I have no connection to the city of Buffalo at all. I oh. randomly counted up. I was a, a very small child. I was traumatized by some actions of uh, Philadelphia Eagles fans at a Philadelphia Eagles fan game. And I came home and decided that I was going to count up all my football cards and whoever I had the most cards of, I was going to be a fan of that team. And so I counted up all my cards and I had the most bills cards and I announced to my family that I was going to be a bills fan. And that was it. That was how I became a bills fan. So that's that's definitely the best story of becoming a fan ever, honestly. And that was a long, 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 long time ago. And I am still a bills fan, but I don't have any sort of go ahead. I was going to say, how old were you at this, at this Eagles game? Uh, four. Jesus. Wow. It just shows you Bruce's commitment level. When he says something, he sticks to it. And he stays exclusive. Yeah. He, it's not yep. just because he gets the exclusive. When he decides that he's in for a commitment, he stays exclusive. I'm a man of my word. And a lot of people think, I think they think when you're a little kid and you say something like that, you're not going to follow through. You're like, oh, whatever. He'll be back to his Eagles cards. And nope, no, I won't. I was like, nope, I'm a Bills fan now. And there we are. Many, 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 many years later, here I am still a Bills fan. So because of the method by which I became a Bills fan, I don't have that same sort of level of connectivity to UB. Okay. That totally makes sense. I remember, oh, shoot. What game was it, Maniac, when we were, um, was that UB Stadium? Yes, Temple. Oh, my God. Um, (laughs) Making that, no, road trip. No, the game two, I can't remember. It was at UB, special event slot. All after, After Temple on the road? What, what, what year are you talking? No, it was in the past couple of years. It was in okay. special event slot, and there were yes. so many damn Eagles fans. Yeah, Eastern playing... Michigan. Eastern Michigan. Okay, okay, that's what it was. And they were playing in Buffalo the next day in the rainy conditions. Yes. That's right. Yes. Okay. Yeah, and then they grabbed the mic and they threw it, remember? Yes. Yeah, yeah oh, like they, they threw were. it. They threw it like 100 feet into the air because they said it was fake. Yeah, those Eagles fans did not like us. Oh, yeah, remember we're like – Yo, take a picture with us, and yo, let's like maybe act like we're trying to fight you. Like, no, we will seriously fight you. Like, yeah, there's yeah, no yeah, faking. No, like, we will yeah, punch you. Like, we're... <laughs> e- bottom line, it just proves Eagles fans, one way or the other, they're wearing green and they are mean. Um, yeah. But speaking, but hey, Bruce, maybe we'll get you into Coach Mo Linguist. He's uh, he might, you know, although the recent, it's you know, it's iffy so far, Mac play, but he's only been head coach for 140 days or something, so it's a little bit weird there. But one head coach that's inspiring all across Western New York right now. The Sabres are 2-0, Al. 
Don Granado and, dangerous. And like you said, two and zero with you getting the haircut, which is pretty impressive. Um, and yeah, what I gotta say about this team? I watched the full game on Saturday. I was when you told me that I did. What was my reaction? Maniac, you, you don't understand. I'm not gonna invest my time in a team. I know you were doing February. that when they had Reinhardt, Eichel, and Ristolainen. And you're, you're, but you're in now. That's, but I'm saying that's what a big statement it is. But, but you know what I'm trying to say? Like over the past whatever years, I'm not going to watch a Sabres game in a, on a February and a Tuesday night. Like I'm just okay. not. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bet on a college basketball team and I'm gonna watch that game or something else. I'm not going to invest my time into a product that is awful. And oh, I'm the biggest Sabres fan. Game one when it's the when they're zero and zero and they're in first place, it's great. I, you know what I'm saying? And that game Saturday, 1 p.m., Arizona, it's just you're watching a different team. Like, just the pressure they put on is fun hockey, and they're putting in effort. They're aggressive. They're physical. And like I said last night, the biggest stat that jumps out to me is the shot total. It's like they're not getting out shot 38-13, to 35-20. to 20. They're out shooting teams. They're putting the pressure on teams. And tonight – you have a, a sneaky good Vancouver team, and Buffalo is a home dog tonight at around plus 125 with the Canucks. You know, puck drop in 20 minutes. This is where the going meets the grind because the opening yep. two games, they were basically pick So it wasn't the riskiest thing in the world yep. when I said they were going to win the first two games. So it would have been a plus 260 parlay or whatever, but yeah. was it wasn't an outrageous claim. But now they're 2-0. and if you, if you win this game, this is where you start tur- turning expectations. And again, it's only one game at a time. Yep. But we've seen their ex- their system, and it's and it seems to be a process, very much like McDermott, that you know a group of players uh-huh. are buying into. And Maniac, didn't you put out a tweet like a week ago before the season started? Like, could you imagine if the Sabres start 3-0 and and the Boston Bruins are coming into town on like a Friday night? That, well, that's what I was saying, because I was wondering <laughs> how many tickets they would sell. But now I yeah. guess we might find out in real life, so... We hopefully we get a win tonight. Obviously, that make sure you're following Cross and yep. Shorts. Make sure you're following two goalies on Mike Dwayne, Ty B, and the whole crews over there because obviously the hockey coverage uh, never stops. Um, speaking of which, Bruce, the stew never stops. Never. Tell me about this brand. Obviously, you have the OG article where you went in the first time. As we're winding down here on Trainwreck tonight, two twenty. Going from brought to you by Batavia Down Sports Collectors Expo. Make sure you get there two weekends from now. But we got our Picassos. Also, make sure you order Picassos all week, every day. Picassospizza.net, the spot to be. Bruce, the stew, people are loving it. They are asking for stew every day. You have to tell these people, we do not have stew quite yet. I mean, when is it going to be that we're getting new stew rankings every uh, week? Man, I'll tell you what. It's like as soon as I can fire an intern. As soon as I can... <laughs> Cause, and I say fire an intern because of course first you have to hire one. But yes. I, I would I was essentially need an intern. There's a lot of data entry that goes along with me being able to concoct the stew rankings every single week. I can't I can't do it. I can't do it every week. There's just not enough hours in the week. So I do say I'm gonna do it every four weeks. I did it for weeks one through four. I'll do it after week eight. I'll do it after week 12, and then I'll do it at the end of the year. Uh, it used to be nice and easy where it was four sets of four and it was 16 games, but the NFL hates me and decided to add a 17th game just to screw with my OCD, which was awfully kind of them. But every four games, you get some QB stew. I love it. Honestly, I think the stew system is something, and speaking of interns, we can get those interns because I think we could turn the stew system into something with, you know, 
real life situation applicability. I was talking about it with Al, and we were wondering your thoughts. What about a stew for finding a good restaurant? Like a Yelp, a, you know, a Google rating. Like what, what if we come up with a system there? And then all of a sudden we have like a Doyle Brunson super system for restaurants. I mean, I'm not going to hate it. I mean, that's essentially what Metacritic is. You know, Metacritic is True. essentially taking the weighted averages of user reviews and critical reviews. I mean, so basically what I did was I just created Metacritic for quarterbacks. And I think the key really is in the is in the specific selection of the metrics. You you don't want to have too many redundancies or it will weight your metric in one direction. You want to make sure that the flaws that exist in one metric are accommodated for in a different metric. So you have balance. It's a little bit like balancing flavors, which is part of where the stew concept came from. Stew is, this is important. A, a, I initially called it a holistic composite. That's what I called it because that's what it is. And then I was kind of using a metaphor like a stew, different ingredients that you put in the stew and things like that. And one of my listeners say, says, just call it stew, statistical talent evaluation worksheet, stew, and just make the acronym. So I didn't even come up with that acronym on my own. One of my listeners actually emailed me and said, do that. I said, okay, so I'll do that. So here we are, QB stew. Wow. It makes it worth all those haters when one listener has one good idea. Am I right? Absolutely. And let's be honest. I, no, let's be honest. You know, if you listen to my show long term, there's clearly something mentally in you that would cause you to have these types of thoughts at 2 a.m. where you go, hey, you know, I think we should call it the statistical talent evaluation worksheet. So, you know, I, I've got my own specific group of group of listeners who respond to my particular brand. And those are the people who think that things like statistical talent evaluation worksheet is just funny as heck. So yeah, I'm good with it. I'm telling you, we got to get these statistical talent evaluation worksheets for everything. We can get some seltzer rankings, all kinds of stuff. There's a lot of applicability. Folks, make sure you're following Bruce exclusive. We got to get him to 10 K. I just checked today. I I was surprised we're not at five figures yet, Bruce, but I'm not going to hold the internet accountable for that. He's hosting the Bruce exclusive co-host with food for thought with Nate Geary over at buff rumblings. He's doing it all. He's doing just a little bit of everything and safe to say he's doing it just a little bit better than everybody else. But gentlemen, another uh, down the stretch here of train wreck tonight, two twenty. pretty decent episode, pretty decent showing by us. I think. Yeah, Bruce, I gotta say real quick, real quick. Cause I, I did not know you were a big UFC guy and uh, I started getting into the UFC when the COVID and pandemic happens, uh, it, I mean, Dana White took over. It was, uh, what? Great late Island March. was just great. Yeah. It was late March, early April. I couldn't bet on Mexican soccer anymore. KBO. Um, there was some Korean baseball. Exactly. That was still dabbling around. And then here comes the UFC and I literally watch it every weekend now. Um, I, I typically don't miss one. Um, it's, it's fantastic. Obviously we have Slick Al who does all of our UFC stuff. I'm so excited for Halloween weekend because that's my birthday weekend. I got a buddy throwing a party for that Saturday, like I said, UFC 11 a.m. And my favorite fighter is back on October 30th. Now, Bruce, I'm going to ask you, do you think you know who my favorite fighter is? Because I've only started watching UFC since, since March and April of 2020. Who has come around big time since then that's fighting on the 30th? Islam Makhachev. No. Mm, okay it's a it's he's he's a he's a he's a big he's a big favorite he's a big favorite on this saturday and he just i mean i he just like he fought like i think two or three times in like a month and a half in 2020 
Magomed Akalev? Kamzat. Chiamiv. Uh, okay. All right. All right. Yeah, Kamzat Chiamiv. Okay. Yeah, I am so excited. That was close. This. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, he had literally three fights, and they all ended within like under two minutes. Like combined in those three fights. They yeah, were he's, a, he's a lot of fun. He's a yeah. lot of fun to watch. My favorite fighter is Robert Whitaker, the Australian middleweight. Bobby Knuckles is wow. my favorite uh, fighter of all time. I think he is. I think he's intelligent. I, I You can almost see the artistry when he fights. And I, 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 I admire his use of angles. Yeah. I admire the physics associated with it. Um, I think he's fun to listen to. I think he's well-spoken and intelligent. I think he explains the game in a really well formed explains the sport in a really well formed fashion um not much of a trash talker which of course i'm not much of a trash talker so that works out really well and yeah no he i i'm a huge fan so i'm very excited about you know middleweight championship i'm excited to see whitaker versus middle you know current middleweight champion anytime i have a chance um i was rooting he's got a sign in next right he should uh i was i was rooting fairly significantly for jan blahowicz against uh Adesanya because I didn't want to hold up the potential rematch between Robert Whitaker and Adesanya. So I, I'm all on board. Okay. Yeah. I mean, these uh, in a 14 day span, we have ridiculous fights. You got Jan Glover, Jan Sanhagen. Uh, like I said, Kamzat's fighting. You got Usman Covington, Rose Wheelie, Gaethy Chandler. I mean, we got a nuts couple weeks ahead for, uh, for UFC. I'm down. Yeah. I'm, I'm super excited. We got to, we got to get Bruce. With Slick Al. I want Bruce. I want Bruce with Slick Al, and I don't want to count my chickens, but I want Bruce on again. And and since it's he said he doesn't love doing it, I want to get him on talking about something that he doesn't know everything about. Like I would love to have Bruce with like Dwayne watching a Sabres game, like and talking about <laughs> it. Like I think it would be funny because people because yep. people see Bruce so often his element where he knows exactly what he's talking about, yep. and he makes these points that have so much clarity. Then what's the ultimate appeal? It's like seeing yeah. Tom Cruise in Tropic Thunder. Like I want to see Bruce exclusive in Tropic Thunder. And I think we can do that in the future. And I'm so glad again. Thank you very much, Bruce. Appreciate you. Make sure you're following him at Bruce exclusive because the man never stops. And he, and he said coming on the show, he enjoys something that never stops. Absolutely. I mean, that's yeah. I figured I had to, I figured I opened with it. I want to close with it here, you know, yep. because you know, you're listening to train wreck sports because this train never stops. Nope. Goodness. I had it better myself. Huge shout out to Bruce for coming on. Huge shout out to my co-host for degenerate Al. This is train wreck tonight. Two twenty. Thank you for listening. Whether it's Instagram, MySpace, Spotify, SoundCloud, Twitch, Facebook, whatever, wherever, you know, we love you. We know it's all about the bills. Sabres, UB, we know it's all about a train that never stops. We know that if you have some Picassos, you're going to have a good Good night night. now. Pick up Picassos tonight. Order online at picassospizza.net.